Father, we come to you. We lay down our, our fears, our worries, our doubt, our confusion, our uncertainty. And let those fears, let that uncertainty turn to praise. Pour your blessing out on us. And that may be different. It means something different for each person in here. But you know what we truly need. Speak to us this morning. Let your spirit fill this room and allow us to hear from you. To learn something this morning, learn something about you. Draw closer to you and towards each other in community. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, my name is Ed and I am one of the pastors here. And I want to welcome you. This is obviously the crowd that could not afford to go away for Labor Day weekend. So we're really glad you're here, and we don't believe that you're here by accident. We believe you're here today for a reason. Boys and girls, we are especially glad to have you here today. I usually have some comments based on something we read from the Bible, and I'm going to do that today. But before I do that, I'm going to ask Mike and Katie Harding and Dee Witten if he would come up. And it's our privilege this morning to license Katie Harding to ministry. And this is just one of the things that the church gets to do, to recognize people who are doing ministry and make what God is already doing official. So this is our opportunity to make what God is doing in and around Katie official. Katie, come on down. Dee, come on down. Mike. Dee is the director of North Star Church Network. And Gateway is associated with North Star Church Network, and it's just a support network for churches in our area. Dee also happens to be Katie's boss. We're going to give him a word in a minute, so we'll see how Katie's been doing. Mike is married to Katie, and I asked him if he would come on the stage for eye candy this morning. So this is Mike. <laughs> so, Katie, how long have you been doing this? With North Star? Yeah. Um, 16 years, and seven of them full-time, one year paid part-time and eight years as volunteer staff. Wow. What do you do? I serve as the director of North Star um, Women's Network and the director of communications and then anything else that's assigned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, duties as assigned. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so how did this happen? How did you get here? I would say that I, was, I came from a very blended family and yet we were raised as children in the church, taken to church, and so I accepted Christ as my Savior and was baptized when I was 12. And then Mike and I got married young when we were 10. <laughs> <laughs> and after the Navy, we moved to Northern Virginia, and we got involved, very involved in a couple of churches. And yet there was always something in my life, even though Jesus was my Savior, that I still felt a void when people said his name passionately. I felt like I was missing something and I didn't understand it, so I like, just like dismissed it. Like something was expressed that you didn't think was reality no, for you. No, like someone would say, wow, I just love Jesus so much, and I think, I do too, but I just, there was something that was still missing there. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so I, so I didn't tell anyone because I was teaching and, you know, <laughs> serving in the church. And, but, but how do you say that? Like, I don't feel quite that same. And then in December of 2000, my mother passed away, and by the next fall, I was still grieving and I was managing a dental practice and I was driving home down the Damascus Road that's like the toll road and the Greenway put together. <laughs> and so as I got to my exit, 
I just said, Lord, like I'm burned out and I'm broken and I'm, I'm so tired and I'm tired of being in control and tired of trying to make things happen and making decisions and tired of manipulating people in situations. And I just said, Lord, like whatever you want me to do, I'll do. And wherever you want me to go, I'll go. And, and then I said, like, Lord, but if you want us to go to Africa, you tell Mike. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I think in looking back, I think like that night, Jesus moved from being my Savior to really being Lord of my life. And I never felt that void again, ever. And um, after that, I started reading my Bible every day and, and praying. And, and at first, I tried praying with my eyes closed, and I, I almost drifted off to sleep because I had a teenager still in the house. And then, then I tried praying with them open, and I get distracted. So I started writing out my prayers. And the more that I wrote, the more I listened, the more I listened, the more I heard. And the more I heard, the more I wrote. And it just it changed my life, and it changed me. Yeah. So that process, by the way, one of the things I take away from that is, all kidding aside, I mean this, God can speak anywhere. He can speak on the toll road. So uh, that eventually led you to North Star. Yeah, yeah. In my journal, I began writing North Star Women's Network, like God was just putting that on my mind, and, and North Star was forming. Wait, I didn't catch that before. Yeah. Before it was a thing, you started writing it in okay. my journal, wow. like North Star Women's Network. And, and North Star was just, had just formed from the two associations blending together the year before. And I thought they were going to be called North Star Association, not North Star Church Network. So I was just writing North Star Women's Network based off what the Lord was putting in my mind. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, we're going to hand that over to Dee. So Dee, you have been the director of North Star for how long now? Six years. Okay. So What's been the impact of Katie's ministry as you've seen it? How have you seen God use her and work through her? Yeah, well, Katie was the interim executive director when I came on board six years ago, and she could have easily just continued on. You had to kick her out of the seat. Yes, you know, exactly, okay. and uh, I didn't do it. They, they kind of displaced her, so <laughs> I don't take any credit wow. for that. But wow. she could have easily done it, and uh, she has just done an awesome job with North Star in a lot of different ways, and she's willing to just fill in wherever needed, which is a great sign of leadership, but she has provided tremendous spiritual leadership force in a whole variety of ways. Of course, she focuses on women's networking communications, but you know, she does a whole wide variety of things with North Star, as all of us do, not just in our area, but for spiritual leadership, uh, she's provided a tremendous vision for our women's ministry. There's thousands of women involved in churches, our North Star churches, and many other churches in Northern Virginia that are involved in the women's network. It's been a great a network, and she has cast the vision in a wonderful way. And she's also been able to work with the women in finding their gifts and talents and abilities and, and then helping them find ways to put those into practice in their own ministry. That's a great sign of leadership. Mm -hmm. And so she just worked this network really, really well so that there's a lot of passion, a lot of enthusiasm. There's another conference that's next spring. We'll have 800 women there or more probably. She's provided great leadership, and not only for the Women's Network, but also for North Star in, in general, for our, our general vision. But she's also provided spiritual care for these women in the network and also for our North Star staff and, and our whole network. She just is very good at, at the interpersonal thing with folks and she does a lot of counseling with women. She does a lot of encouraging with women. She visits in the hospital. She does funerals and weddings and all kinds of things. She participates in, in those kind of events, all the kind of things that are involved in pastoral care. 
in ministry, done an awesome job with that. She preaches and teaches on a regular basis. She's a great presenter, and she does that very, very well, and she utilizes that skill on a regular basis. And not only that, she practices what she preaches. We just did an emphasis on the art of neighboring. Many of you know that here. And we're still continuing to, to promote that. But Katie and Mike have put that into practice in their own community in a wonderful way. They've reached out to their own neighbors and done a great job ministering there. And she also has another sign of a great spiritual leader is she's also growing spiritually in her own life and is very focused on that. And she really helps us focus at North Star on prayer, making sure that we take prayer seriously and pray for our churches and pray for individuals in our churches. And she's growing spiritually in her own personal life. That's, a, again, a great sign of a leader. So I'm thrilled to be here on this occasion. I'm glad that Gateway is licensing her to ministry. And I think that's important to, that she definitely serves in official capacity to, to do ministry in North Star. So thank you all for doing this. Thank you, Dee. So... As I said, this is an official act of Gateway Community Church. And we have the privilege of recognizing what God is doing. We're not doing anything. We're recognizing what God is doing. So I'm going to call this meeting to order. We'll write notes about this later, and I'll have an official document that I'll give Katie later this week, and we'll take a picture of it and put it on Facebook. But for those of you who would like to affirm this decision to recognize Katie's gifting and her call and the touch of God on her life for a ministry uh, with North Star Church Network. Would you just give Katie and Jesus a round of applause? As our last act of recognizing Katie officially this morning, we're going to pray over her. And this is, you know, the Bible talks a lot about followers of Jesus praying for other followers of Jesus and the stuff that happens in that interaction. So oh, let's be honest. Often when we pray for one another, what we feel is, okay, thanks. But God always shows up. Something always happens in those moments, something real. And sometimes we sense it. Sometimes we feel it. This morning, we're going to expect God in a very real way to show up in a, in a new and a fresh recognition and anointing for Katie. I've asked John Malella, representing our elders, if he would begin our prayer. And then Dee is going to close our prayer time. And we're going to do this, if you would. I know it's odd, but stay with me. The Bible also talks about laying hands on one another when we pray for someone. I don't think that's kinetic energy that goes from me to the person I'm praying for. I think it's just a sign that we're connected. We're in community. That's what we do here at Gateway. We connect. So I'm going to ask, if you would, this morning as a sign of us laying our hands on Katie, I would put her in the middle, have us all lay our hands on her, but we crush her. Instead of that, we're going to have Mike and Dee lay their hands on Katie, and we're just going to stretch our hands out toward Katie while they pray. So let's stretch our hands out toward Katie. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's pray. Lord, we look to you today. You are the giver of all good things, and you've made this moment happen because of what you've done in Katie's life and, and Mike's life. And we pray for them both today. We pray for that fresh anointing 
Yes. Uh, we pray that Katie would stay close to you. Yes. You are the source of all good things and the source of anything good that we do on this earth. And Lord, we thank you for her willingness to invest her life in this way, for impact for your kingdom and impact on people's lives around her. Lord, we pray for protection on her. We pray that in the next weeks and months and years ahead, Lord, because she's taken this step, that we would see fresh power and fresh impact coming out of her life. Father, we, we just come before you today just uh, surrendering our own life to you and dedicating ourselves to ministry to, yes. to you. And uh, we just want to give you all that we have and open our heart to you. And especially we lift up Katie to you today. And we thank you for her. We thank you for the way that you've already worked through her life in just wonderful ways throughout the, the past years at North Star and in her church here at Gateway and, and in her personal life. And, Lord, we thank you for the gifts and, and strengths and abilities you've given to her and the way she's using those gifts and strengths. And, Lord, we just know that you have some wonderful plans for her in the coming years. And we look with great anticipation to seeing what it is that you're going to do in and through her life with your hand on her and with the support of this church, support of North Star. We just know, Lord, that miracles will take place in and around her. And we look forward to people drawing closer to you because of her influence and her ministry. And we place her in your hands and trust her to your care. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so it is really a privilege for us this morning to have our younger students in with us today. We do this once a month, parents. If this is your first time with us here at Gateway, welcome. We're really glad to have you. Can't believe you came on Labor Day weekend, but we're super glad to have you. And one Sunday a month, we have our boys and girls in here with us because we want them to know what their parents are doing on Sunday morning in here. And uh, we want them to learn to listen to boring Pastor Ed. So uh, we have them in here doing that. Before we start this morning, can we just kick off our time? Almost every Sunday, I or someone will stand up here and read a, a section from the Bible, and then we'll talk about it and we'll explain it look at how it applies to our lives. We're going to do that again today. But uh, before we do that, I want to just have a quick word of prayer. So boys and girls being still, and let's just pray for a minute. And we're going to ask God to speak to us this morning. Father, we recognize again, none of us are here by accident. You designed this day for this group. And we welcome that and receive it. We pray that you would speak to us. We have come today with a variety of conditions. Some of us are experiencing joy. And, uh, you know, we thank you for that. Others of us this morning, Lord, are feeling burdened. And for all of us together, Lord, we feel this collective sense of lament, deep lament, about another tragedy that's happened in our country we know tens of thousands of other voices that are saying to you, help us. Help us, Lord, intervene. Show us what we must do. We also ask that you would break open our chests this morning and massage your truth into us because we're here to hear it. In the strong name of Christ our Lord, we pray. And all God's people said... Amen. 
I need two volunteers who can come up and answer questions from an is it in the Bible or is it not game. I'm going to suggest that you don't really watch your parents. They are not going to know. We're going to have the audience participate. You can give them advice. You can tell them up or down if it's in the Bible or it's not in the Bible. We've got four or five quotes, and I need like 12 or under. I need two volunteers, and I see one hand all the way in the back. Come on up. Yes. Not 12 and under. I'm sorry. Tim, no, Tim, no. Not 12 or under. Yep, Jack, get on up here, buddy. All right, y'all, come on up. First thing they're going to do is introduce themselves. Now, look, you guys have to help. You have to give them advice about whether or not this is in the Bible. So you guys come on up and introduce yourselves, if you would. My name is Faith. Hello, Faith. My name is Jack. Hello, Jack. All right. This is Faith, and this is Jack. One more time, let's give them a quick round of applause. Now, there are various translations of the Bible. The Bible was originally written, all of the books, and you know, the Bible is really just a library of books. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew, and the New Testament was written in Greek. And throughout the modern era, those have been translated into the modern languages, languages like English. It has been translated many times in English, and the cynical part of me believes that part of the reason it's been translated so many times is because publishers want to sell Bibles, and they know that they do, but they do a good job with these translations. And they have different philosophies, and they aim them at different audiences. I'm telling you all this for a reason. So, like for instance, some of you have, may have heard of New King James Version. That is supposedly written for a ninth grade reading level. And then there's the New International Version, and that's the version we usually use here at Gateway. That's written for like a seventh grade reading level. And then there's the New Living Translation, not the New Living Paraphrase. Some of you know what that means, but it's a New Living Translation. And that's a translation written primarily toward boys and girls. It's written for a third grade reading level. So just so you know, the passages that are going to be on the screen from the Bible are from the New Living Translation. So they're going to sound a little more familiar than the Bible that you're used to. So I'm just telling you that so you'll be warned so you won't look completely foolish helping them out. All right, so Faith, are you ready? Mm. <laughs> Jack, are you ready? Yes. Okay, all right. Faith, you're ready, trust me. Yeah. Okay, all right. Give us the first one. When we give cheerfully and accept gratefully, everyone is blessed. You have 10 seconds to think about that. All right, let's see it. Yes, thumbs up, it's in the Bible. Thumbs down, it's not in the Bible. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Y'all are worthless. That's like 50-50. You're on your own faith. They don't know either. Is it in the Bible? No. No, she says no. Jack, is it in the Bible? I don't know. <laughs> All right, I'm going to allow that once, Jack. Okay, give, give it to us. Maya Angelou said that it is not in the Bible. Next one. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above all others. You have 10 seconds. Oh, don't be show-offs. All right. What's your final answer? Faith, is it in the Bible? Yes. You think it is? Jack, is it I in the Bible? I still don't know. Jack, you don't know. <laughs> You're hedging your bets, buddy. 
Okay, so Romans 12, 9, and 10. Let's give Faith and Jack another round of applause. All right, next one. You have not lived today until you have done something for someone who can never repay you. You have 10 seconds. <laughs> okay, you, you got the advice. You have scanned the audience. Faith, is it in the Bible or not? No. You think no. Okay, Jack, is it in the Bible? No. Okay, the answer is John Bunyan said that. So give yourself a round of applause. Those of you who got it right. Next one. Let's just do this one. Uh, we'll end with this. You should be strong. Don't give up because you will get a reward for your good work. In the Bible or not. All right. This is a weird, this is a hard one, Faith. Oh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Okay. Jack, what do you say? I think it is. You think it is? Well, what is it? Yes, it's in the Bible. All right, thank you guys. You can be seated. So, Katie, we're really proud of you. We are proud, yes. We love your heart for God and for others and your service without strings and your talent and your willingness to use that to advance the cause of Christ. We are proud that you are associated with North Star. We are especially proud that you're associated with Gateway. Here's the thing, I want you to remember, pause for dramatic effect, colon. We all have a little Katie in us. There's a little Katie in all of us. That's our topic today. We're all priests. We're all priests. Dee prayed that in his prayer. It's almost like he knows something that the rest of us need to be reminded of. We're going to look at a cool passage of Scripture this morning. We actually looked at this passage of Scripture three weeks ago here. We spent our summer going through the book of 1 Peter, and it's a really great passage of Scripture, but there was one section of it that we didn't spend that much time on, and we're going to spend a little more time this morning. We're not going to be long today, but we're going to spend time because it's an important message for all of us. So we're going to circle around this one idea over and over and over again today to make sure we get it. So we're going to read 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7b through 11. You can find it on mygateway.life. By the way, if you go to mygateway.life, the translation is different than the one I have on the screen because I didn't tell the, the woman who loads it to, on mygateway.life. But it's still awesome. Okay, 1 Peter 4, 7b through 11. And let's go old school and stand out of reverence for God's word. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, Continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those in need, those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ, all glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. So one of the things we learned from Peter is that all of us are priests. Earlier in chapter 2, in this same book, Peter had said to his first readers and to us, you are a nation of priests. We're all priests. In fact, he addressed us as a 
nation of holy priests. From 1957 to 1963, there was a television show on CBS that uh, ran weekly. It was a drama about a guy living in the Old West, and he would go around and basically try to tackle bad guys. He called himself Paladin, and the name of the show was Have Gun, Will Travel. And when I was little, my parents got me a set of six-shooters that had the Have Gun, Will Travel logo on the holster, and, I kid you not, a set of (laughs) business cards in a little plastic container that said, Have Gun, Will Travel. Well, you this morning have been given an official business card that recognizes all of you. I want you to take it out. You've been given a business card that recognizes all of you. You are an official minister of the gospel. Have Bible, will travel. We are all priests. We talked about this passage, as I said, in 1 Peter two weeks ago. The context here is a call to endurance in difficulty. And and here he gives us some endurance exercises. So let's review those real quickly. In in other words, these are things we do that enable us to endure. So go back to that scripture, if you would, real quickly. First, we pray. Second thing that we do, exercises that help us endure through difficulty. We build community. We show deep love for each other. The third thing we do is we offer hospitality. But the fourth thing we do, and we didn't spend much time on this three weeks ago, we serve one another. We serve one another. God has given each of us a gift from his great variety of gifts. We use those well to serve one another. Each of us has been touched by God. We have been given what one author calls a grace packet. God has literally moved in your life in some special ways. And there's some abilities that you have because God is moving through you that are awesome to serve others with. In some cases, these abilities are brand new. There are people, I kid you not, there are people who can pray effectively for other people and those people get well. There are people who can pray in languages that they don't understand themselves and it ministers to their own hearts and spirits and it also often ministers to other people's hearts and spirits. There are people who have information about others that you can't figure out how in the world they knew that. And God just gives that. In many cases, in my experience, these grace packets are just amplifications of the natural tendencies that we have in our lives. Earlier this week, a couple of weeks ago actually, I asked Katie to write up her just spiritual journey. And then I asked her, if she would, to write up her calling. How did she get to do what she does. And she gave a longer version of what she told us up here. But I want to read you some of this so you can hear some of what Katie said. In April 2003, she said, the encouragement of a friend, I took the Lord's vision for North Star Women's Network to the association after a few weeks of prayerful consideration. It was decided that North Star would have a women's network, and I was asked to develop it. Later, she says, we sold our home in Ashburn. We downsized to a condo in Aldi. I think that all happened so they could be part of Gateway, but that's just me. So I could resign my position and launch North Star Women's Network on September 1st, 2003. On August 1, 2004, I was formally commissioned as a missionary to reach women for Christ. She says later, 2010, God opened the door to reach women outside the church and, and was also moving North Star Women's Network to a new level. This is the part I want you to hear. Listen to this. 
It wasn't until my husband told someone, I have worked with women most of my life, that I suddenly saw how God had prepared me for my calling. Without realizing it, I was raised, trained in communities of women for 14 years in dance, to serving in my mid-twenties with wives clubs and ombudsmen for the USS Karen. Is it Karen, Mike? In my 30s, Baptist Young Women's Director and WMU Director in the church, several years ago, we saw a former captain of the USS Karen whom we hadn't seen since 1983, and the first thing he asked was, are you still working with women? It's amazing how God takes our story and our capacities and our our natural tendencies, and he adds special sauce and spice and lettuce and tomatoes, and the next thing you know, we are able to effectively serve other people in their areas of need. We can make an impact on someone else's life, and that's the best when that happens. Paul gives us a fuller explanation of this same thing, of these grace packets. I want to read you real quickly. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 11. Paul says this, especially notice what's bold, because these are the two main points that Paul makes. He says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. There's a grace packet deposited in your life, I promise you. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. Well, how did you know that about my marriage? How did you know that about who I am? The same Spirit gives great faith to another. To someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. What? He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what's being said. It's the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts, and He alone decides which gift each person should have. Well, obviously, big picture Paul wants us to know two things about this. One, these gifts are given as God determines. He gives these grace packets in our lives as he determines. The second thing he wants us to know is that they are given for the common good. He's worked in our lives so that we might help one another, i.e., the purpose of God's work in us is service to others. We were not made to be a bowl to contain the water that's poured in. We are made to be a channel through which a river can flow. And have you noticed, if you take a bowl and pour water in it and let it sit for weeks and months, it will grow sour. And that's happened to the work of God in some of our lives. We were not meant to be a container to hold the work that God has done in us. We were meant to be a channel through which God's blessing flows from us to others. When we come to church, we have some responsibility to one another. As we live our lives during the week, we have a responsibility to one another, responsibility and privilege to care for one another, to serve one another. This is part of the reason that one of the doctrines that's been important to Protestant Christians, I'm going to explain all of that, over the centuries is the priesthood of all believers. Here's what I mean. Probably almost all of us have heard of Martin Luther, the great reformer. Let me just tell you a couple of things about Luther. And boys and girls, this is a little boring, but stay with this. I want you to know this and remember this. Martin Luther, many of you have come from a Catholic background. It was not Martin Luther's desire or design 
to blow up the Catholic Church. He didn't want to start another group. He didn't want to start another denomination. He wanted to reform the Catholic Church. He wanted to reform some things about the Catholic Church in the Middle Ages that were drifting from God's design. So he began to speak about that and write about that, and increasingly the Catholic Church rejected him. When they did, Luther's ministry was happening at around the same time that Gutenberg invented the printing press. So for the first time in history, someone could take their ideas, write them down, Gutenberg could print them off, and they could be sent all over Europe so that people could read them. And all over Europe, people were reading Martin Luther's ideas, and they were thinking, yeah, you know what? The church has gotten way off. How did we get so far off? Let's protest that. Let's go protest. And they began to be known as Protestants or Protestants. And that's how we happened. One of the things that Luther was upset about was this very idea. So through the Middle Ages, there was this growing gap, a distinction between what they called the temporal orders and the spiritual orders. So the spiritual orders were people like Dee and me and Katie. Spiritual. The temporal orders, rest of you people. And that's how it was kind of thought of. There was this growing distinction. The Katie's and the D's and the Ed's of the world, super special. Let's get them robes and bells and, and treat them with all kind of respect. I don't know what happened to those days. And the rest of you people, you know, marginally riffraffed. And Luther said this was not God's desire or God's design. So... He began to write about this. He wrote a booklet called Address to the Nobility of the German Nation in 1520. Luther criticized the traditional distinction between the temporal orders and the spiritual orders. He argued that all who belong to Christ through faith, baptism, and the gospel shared in the priesthood of Jesus Christ and belonged to what he called, quote, the truly spiritual estate. I'm going to continue to quote Luther. For whoever comes out of the water of baptism, we baptized somebody this morning in a 9 o'clock service, by the way. For whoever comes out of the water of baptism can boast that he or she is already a consecrated priest, bishop, and pope. You can imagine how well that set with the Roman church. In other words, according to Luther, all baptized believers are called to be priests, even though not all are called to be in full-time ministry positions. Now, there's really an important observation we've got to make about this doctrine. One more little boring piece, and then we'll wrap up. Stay with me. First of all, when Luther talked about the priesthood of all believers, he wasn't suggesting that we don't need others to lead us and encourage us and instruct us in the faith. This is not a call to spiritual individualism, not for Luther, not for Paul, not for us. It's a call to spiritual collectivity, in fact. This is not an affirmation of me and Jesus alone. I do my spiritual life, don't bug me with your spiritual life. This has become very popular in American spirituality. I like how one church historian put it. He said this, the universal priesthood expresses not religious individualism, but it's exact opposite. It expresses the reality of the congregation as a community. In other words, we can and we must carry one another's burdens as priests. 
We can and we must instruct one another and encourage one another and priest one another. So this is what we do. We priest one another. Parents, I want to talk especially to those of you who are parenting young children. You need to know that one of the most important jobs you have is being a priest to your child. Neighbor. If you live in a neighborhood, one of your most important jobs is to be a a priest in your neighborhood to your neighbors. On Sunday, we come here and we priest one another. Look, we have a lot of volunteer teams at Gateway. and It helps make Gateway happen. We have a group of people, Matthew Cotum and Chili, led a, a group of people this morning who came in, set up carpets, laid down all of these chairs. We call it setup team. A lot of you are on the setup team. Some of our folks are helping preschool children in the back. Some of you work with our elementary school kids upstairs. We thank you so much for your volunteerism, but you need to know, and please, if you're just getting connected to Gateway, go to the blue wall afterwards and volunteer. We need you, but The most important job that you and I have when we come here on Sunday morning is being a priest to one another. You're not here by accident. And if you're walking out today, I've said before, and you see someone in the corner curled up in a fetal position, chances are you need to go over and pray for them. Not walk out to the parking lot and say, wow, that person was really upset. Did you notice that? Yes, that's why you were there. As I said, when I was little, my parents got me the Have Gun, Will Travel six-shooter set. And I have to confess, please do not tell my sisters this, I would practice. So I just wanted to make sure I was ready. Anytime a bad guy came in, I was, both hands, either way, I was ready. I was serious. And I was trouble for anybody who was trouble. I would flash my have gun, will travel card. <laughs> Get out of my way. This morning, you are sanctioned officially. Have Bible, will travel. You're a priest. And your main job is to priest others, including today. Katie, we're really proud of you, as I said. Last reminder, we've all got a little Katie in us. Let me say that a little better. We've all got a little Jesus in us. And because you've got a little bit Jesus in you, that means all you have to do, you don't have to be an expert, all you have to do is get 24 inches away from someone else and care. And God will do the rest. Let's pray. So, Lord, I pray for a fresh pouring out of your spirit, a fresh pouring out of grace packets on us as a congregation. And Lord, I pray that you would anoint us to be your priests. We hear you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. So Jesus. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one. 
worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you. And holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. so great having all of you here today. Go in peace and thanks for coming. Happy Labor Day.